I love our intro music. Isn't it awesome? It just charges me up. And what cool jam band uh, improvisational world music that was. Welcome to the Joyful Podcast. This is your podcast, but my name is Ethan Sherritt, and I am the host of it. Thank you so much for listening. I have a lot to be excited about today, a lot to share with you today, but I'm not going to have a big, long opening monologue about the whole like three things I'm doing, I'm learning, and I think, in my opinions. Not that, just we're going to cut straight to the uh, chase with one of our um, amazing guests that I'll be interviewing shortly. But I do have, this is awesome. This is like, in the last couple episodes, I've been saying, please send a comment, send a review, something like that. Post something on Apple, Amazon, Whatever the wherever you can post, wherever you listen to podcasts. I do have another person who emailed Ethan Sherritt at gmail.com to give their thoughts and I'm so proud. Like I said, I would I would pay if you send like a Venmo account, I will pay you. That's how badly I want to know that somebody out there, for the love of God, is listening. So, here we go. This came from Anonymous. This person did not want to be uh, their name like announced or anything, and that's fine, too. Here we go. I've just listened to one of your podcasts, and I found it very interesting. I'm from the UK, and I have a degree in sociology. So I chose to listen to episode 33 of your podcast, as DeMarcus's story sounded intriguing. Hearing DeMarcus talk about his life gave me a small insight into North American society. I found his decision to adopt such a positive attitude, despite experiencing such adversity, truly uplifting. DeMarcus has revealed that as a child, he had never been given a birthday cake, was both shocking and appalling, but also thought-provoking. Throughout my childhood, I blew out candles on my birthday cake every year. So DeMarcus's comments highlights to me that sometimes I take things for granted, and perhaps I should be more thankful. As an atheist, however, I do not agree with DeMarcus thanking God for his achievements. I feel that DeMarcus should be praising himself for his successes, as by crediting God, he devalues his accomplishments. For example, for me, obtaining my degree was a huge achievement. I paid for the fees myself by working. I read all the academic books. I watched and listened to all the media materials. I attended all the lectures. I completed all the assignments and I passed all the exams. It was me who slogged my guts out. A deity played no part in it. Perhaps DeMarcus would see this as the sin of pride, but should we not be proud of what we achieve, especially when it has been a difficult undertaking? Moving away from the topic of religion, I was particularly taken by DeMarcus's statement about the turning point in his life being when he met a man whilst in prison who encouraged him to join the military. Although my story is completely different from DeMarcus's, a man who counseled me when I was in a very dark place also turned my life around, and without him, I am unsure if I would be alive today. So, one individual can help you transform your thoughts from negative to positive, thereby enabling you to live a happy life, which is why I see your podcasts as a good thing. Life can be hard, and you have taken it upon yourself to promote positive thinking, which I think is remarkable. So thank you. Sincerely, thank you from Anonymous. And thank you, Anonymous, for sending that. Cool. So that's some thoughts. You guys can think about that. 
So glad uh, this person, he or she, listened. And um, thank you for taking the time because the email is well-written, well-thought-out and everything. Um, and so some people would agree with that. Some people would disagree. Um, but you cannot not dig on uh, DeMarcus' energy. Obviously, this person did. So if you have a comment or anything, please specify if you don't want me to read it. Just assume because I'm soliciting these things that I, I want to read them and I want to share to get more interaction and it's not just my voice droning on about stuff. Um, so that being said, exciting things going on. Please also follow along on Facebook. Ethan Sherritt is a page and I'm going to be sharing some things like some opportunities for you to do an amazing thing that my girlfriend has undertaken on herself. Also, if she shares another opportunity to give to support like um, a young expecting mother or a young mother who needs items, she is absolutely crushing it with that. And um, there's a, a mother she's gotten so many things ready for. We're going to deliver this week to her and um, just by announcing on Facebook that, hey, we identified somebody who is uh, in a challenging way and we're trying to help them out here's like an Amazon wish list uh, here's an address where to send stuff send it on and what do you know a week or two later we have more stuff than can fit in my van and, and a ton of stuff to go help her out with so if you follow Ethan share it on Facebook uh, we might be giving you an opportunity to give again so that is like, <laughs> that's kind of thrilling that's really cool so thank you for listening to all that spiel. Now on to the guest uh, speaker today. This is a healer of many kinds, a smart man, amazing guy, generous, compassionate dude, um, active, healthy, teacher, just most friendly guy you can imagine. Uh, my next uh, guest, he got his degree from Virginia Tech in chemistry. He went on to a career in laboratory work as a chemist. And then he switched um, careers to be a recruiter for scientific professionals and in corporate uh, environments and organizations to place scientists where they need to work. After that, um, or during the middle of that, he had to overcome some debilitating things that just wrecked his world. This guy for a while couldn't get out of bed. He, was, he had like successful career, capable of anything, lifting weights, and suddenly or gradually, I mean, some things in life and health brought him down to the ground. Um, he was diagnosed with a couple of things. Severe fibromyalgia, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which is one of those um, just, it's a bitch of a syndrome. It has so many ways that it can manifest itself and, and wreck people's lives. So if you've ever, if you know somebody that has something like that, please... Um, give a listen of what uh, what our next guest kind of went through. But these things uh, brought him down, including things that were happening with his family. He went on a journey to study things that might help him get better. And so he did the following training and um, in, in in pursuit of what what's going to make me feel better. I don't even... I mean, I can't wait for you to hear him. Just let, I'm not going to talk about what he says. You just listen to him. But the things he studied are impressive. The following modalities, the healing touch, including Reiki, Qigong, meditation, Alexander technique, that's awareness training, 
in movement, um, PEMF, which stands for Pulse Electromagnetic Field Therapy. He has studied how to meditate, how to teach group meditation lessons, which he does for free. Um, does everything for free, actually. And so, so please get in touch. Uh, in addition, uh, Buddhism, Christianity, the Catholic Church, Zen Buddhism, Tibetan Buddhism, you name it. All of these things together have made him this kind of being of light who is just down to share. Hey, you know what? Somebody needs like to be healed in any one of these ways. I will holler at him. So please uh, email him at let your light shine today at gmail.com. Let your light shine today at gmail. And my next guest, give it up for this uh, cool, awesome guy. His name is Ed Ratchford. Turn this uh, sure thing. microphone on. Uh huh. So you were just explaining that there's a, you have a couple of healing, I guess, healing. Yeah, you I would call them students? Yeah, well, some people, yeah, I don't, I don't like to call them patients because I'm not a doctor, right? Yeah. Um, I consider myself more of a spiritual teacher and a spiritual healer. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they're friends, they're students, they're, they're people that I'm trying to help in their spiritual journey in some way. Mm -hmm. You know, some people are stuck uh, in a negative pattern that, that is maybe not so life-affirming. And other people just need some support, you know, or some guidance. And sometimes it's just about listening and other times it's about, it's about really guiding them. Um, but it's always about sending love. You know, in the end, it's always about giving people the love and light that they need, whatever it is. Yeah. How did you come to your first one that you kind of took on, under their, the, your like healing energy? Like when you said you specifically can come to me for this, how did that take place? Oh wow, that was you know it was like, a process. Because right now you have two, but you are these your first two? Oh no, no, okay, no. Okay. There's been there's been um, over the last say five years, I've probably there's probably been a hundred plus people that have come for you know one healing session or two or ten, you know, depending on if if what they need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it started first. I had to heal myself, you know, before I, um, before I could really even consider. And when I say that I do the healing, I don't really do the healing anyway. Okay, I'm a conduit of divine energy. I see. Okay, so I don't consider that I'm doing anything special other than other than providing um, a conduit for divine to do the work. Yeah, you know, and so. Um, I like to clarify that because I don't want I don't want people to think that this guy thinks he's Jesus or this guy thinks he's you know I'm I am I'm a spiritual healer but to me that that just enables the divine to go to people to help them to heal themselves in fact okay you know mm -hmm. and so sometimes it's it's helping them to break a negative pattern and and other times it's giving them support when they need it you know. Other times, it's pulling on my life experiences. I've had a lot of hardships. Um, not that it's been a terrible life, but I've, you know, I've had a lot of lessons. Yeah. And and if I can share something from my past with someone mm -hmm. that may may help them, then that's awesome. You know, I always tell them, hey, this may or may not resonate. 
and take what resonates and jettison the rest. You know, because yeah, you're I don't really, really going think, out of your way to make them understand that like this is here for you. Yes. Yeah. I don't think that I can specifically know someone's truth. Okay, because I believe that we're all unique beings. We're all spiritual beings, and we're all unique. You know, mm-hmm. you're a unique piece of light. I'm a unique piece of light, and so is everybody else. Yeah. And they they're here. We're all here to grow and learn, and whatever lessons our soul. You know, my belief is whatever lessons our soul wanted to learn, it comes to learn. There's something to that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there's something to that, but it sure makes you think when you're going through a difficult time um, that you brought it. Some for some reason, your soul needed to or wanted to experience that. Yes. What is the? What is the? How is that? Um, like that type of thinking how is that beneficial beneficial to us to oh. think that my life needed this i mean like another oh. mistake that i made oh. how is it beneficial to think that instead of to think like i just got to work harder i am still in a rut um i need more discipline is something yeah that i go through i just need when am i going to buck up and get enough work done that i can you know, free myself from these financial problems or this vulnerability to life in some kind of way. Well, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a combination of those. Okay. Because, um, I think it's very comforting uh, to people to know that, Hey, these are all lessons. Okay. You can call them mistakes and you can beat yourself up or you can look at, use that word. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Or, or you can, or you can look at this as the universe trying to show you something and then, Perhaps the next time you encounter that, you can move forward a little differently with a little more wisdom, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not so negatively because, you know, I truly believe that every cell in your body responds to every thought that you have. And every cell in your body communicates with every other cell. Okay, so when, so when we start having these negative thoughts and we start beating ourselves up yeah. over the things that happen... That's when illness, that's when dis-ease, when disease sets in. Dis-ease. You know, and all those cells, they're hearing, you, you can maybe fool me, okay, and you can fool your, you know, your friends or your boss, but you can't fool yourself, okay? And if you're sitting here thinking... yourselves. Yeah, yourself. <laughs> or, or yourselves. And if you're thinking all these negative thoughts, you know, you're gonna, that's going to manifest. And so, one, it's really good to get people to think in terms of, hey... These are life lessons, and my soul came to experience this as a, as a way of embracing their life, okay, instead of denying it, okay? This is the life that's unfolding right now. Let's embrace it, and let's see what is the universe trying to show me. Um, but also, so when you look at it like this, mm-hmm. my soul came for this. Um, it's an opportunity. It's an invitation to learn. It's an invitation to grow rather than, why is this happening? You know, yeah. again, it, it, you're not owning it, okay? You're denying it. Why is this happening? Life isn't happening to you. Life is happening for you. And that's what people often don't get. Life is unfolding just the way it should. And when you embrace that and you step into the flow, it can get really good. Um, but you got to own it. And, you, and, and so these lessons, mm-hmm. you have, they will keep repeating. We are yeah. creatures of habit, and we have these energetic patterns, and they'll keep coming yeah. until we learn them. 
And then once we learn them, we can move forward with a, with a more life-affirming maybe thought or pattern or energy and create a little bit better. And then the next lesson comes. And, but if you think you can get paralyzed in fear if, if you think, have that negative mindset okay, of why is this happening to me and all these mistakes and you, know, you can get mm-hmm. paralyzed rather than moving through the lessons you know, and growing. You know, but it doesn't mean that you don't need discipline. And it doesn't mean maybe a lesson is coming to you to about discipline. Maybe yeah. to be open to like what I do need to, what is being presented to me that yes. I can like take ownership for. Exactly. Um, yes, because when we own open, it. Stay open to that. I mean, yeah. that presence is something that I'm like, all right, how do I get present again and be open to what I must do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know? And, I mean, so, you're going to keep making, the lessons are going to keep coming, and, and unless you do something different, mm-hmm. you're going to probably get the same result. And if you didn't like the result the last time, you're not going to like it again. You know? And so it's, rather than, this is probably the hard part of any time I'm working with a student, um, is I provide a, a safe space for them to learn and mm-hmm. grow. And they can, they can, in confidence, tell me everything that's going on in their lives. Yeah. Um, and I can listen with a compassionate ear. And that way, they'll feel safe to take some chances. They'll feel safe to open up. They'll feel safe to be vulnerable. They'll feel safe to try and grow. To try to get yep. yourself as in tune with what's true. And what's moving in them. i got to get in there. Yeah. I have to get in their psyche. And I have to get in their space and their energy and understand, mm-hmm. okay, and it usually at some point with every student, I have to have the, okay, you created all of this. Okay, this is your life. You are the author, owner, and creator. You're the main star. You're all the stars. Okay, you created this life. You chose this life. Now, if you don't like your creation, then we have to create, we have to send a different energy out into the universe, and we have to create more life-affirming patterns or healthier patterns that you send out to the universe so that can come back to you and you can create differently. Right? But if you mm-hmm. are a person that doesn't own your life, okay, mm-hmm. well, my boss did this and my best friend did this and my ex-wife did that, if everything is about everyone else, you, you know that the journey is inside. The spiritual journey is inside. Okay? And we're manifesting a physical world so, that, so our spiritual self can grow. And so we have to own our creation and if we don't like our creation, any part of it, we have to create differently. Now, a lot of times, that's when my students go away, okay? The ones that don't want to own their life. Mm-hmm. Because that is, at, once you own it, all right, then it's like, okay, what, what do I need to do differently? What am, I, what am I not learning here? What is the universe trying to show me that I'm not getting? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then, and then you have to do something different and, and try. Some people run away at that point, and they go find the next compassionate ear. To, you know, oh, my, my ex-wife did this and my boss did that. Others take the lesson because it's probably the hardest lesson. But if, if, if a student gets past that lesson, I know they are about to just go on this wonderful journey. You know, they're mm-hmm. about to just take off on like an exponential, you know, yeah. curve. You know, if they can own the life, uh-huh. okay, and then they can start making different choices. And that's exactly what I had to do, okay, because mm-hmm. the life I had created... 20 years ago, 15 years ago, I didn't like it all. 
and I didn't like myself. I didn't like how I was presenting to the universe. And when I looked in the mirror and I said, Ed Ratchford, is this who you want to show the world? I mean, the answer was no. And it was emphatically no. And I was sick and I was depressed and I'd made a bunch of terrible choices. Mm -hmm. But they all got me to where I am now. They were every step in that journey was necessary. And, and lessons in love and lessons in compassion. And some of these lessons are pretty hard lessons to learn. And, um, but I, I owned all my choices and that's when my journey actually started getting good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, so that's the discipline part, like owning your journey, owning your creation. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it does take hard work and sometimes it does take discipline, Yeah. you know? And so when you say hard work, discipline, those are not bad things, but they have to be brought into the right context. You know, not, I need to work harder and I'm such a bad person, mm -hmm. but you know, hey, let me embrace that there's something here for me to learn. Let me buckle down. Yeah. You know, just even just a slight shift in how you think and how you, that inner dialogue can make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Again, because every cell, every molecule in your body is listening and responding. <laughs> and you're sending all those thoughts out, yeah. every thought. You know, no one else can hear your thoughts but you, but the universe hears. The universe yeah. is always listening. <laughs> I know. And do you think, like, do you think, like, there's, that our cells are somehow connected? Like, we can, like, we feel in a way we can't even, like, articulate necessarily? I mean, we, we can try. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, that vibration is kind of like what you're talking about. That yes. definitely exists within ourselves. Yes. But also within everybody we interact with absolutely yeah <laughs> and when you're in a funk you're giving off funky vibes and that's what and you're drawing into you even, as well yeah yeah right. <laughs> that's what comes back okay if you consider the universe to be one giant energetic system yeah okay and energy is neither created nor destroyed i mean it makes sense what you put out is what you get back and so i mean that's kind of why a lot of people will talk, come to me and they'll sit on my couch and they'll say, Ed, life is just not fair. And I'll say, you're right. Life is not fair, but it is just. And they look at me, their eyes will kind of go, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. And I'll say, no, life isn't fair. Some people are born with a silver spoon in their mouth and some people are just naturally beautiful and some people just have these, everyone has different skills and abilities and some of them are more valued by society right now. Mm -hmm. Some of them can help you make a living better than others. And, and so some people definitely have an advantage in life and they might be starting from this level and you might be starting from down here, okay? So yeah, that's not fair. It doesn't feel fair. But you know what's just about it? Is that you create your own life and you will get out of your life what you put into it. Mm. The universe, God, the universe, whatever you want to call that greater, higher entity that connects all things, okay, will bring back to you exactly what you're sending out. So even if you start way down here at the bottom, you can still create an amazing life if you're sending out the right vibe and you're putting out the right energy and you're doing all these wonderful things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you have a, a specific person who 
allowed you to like go from that person looking at himself in the mirror and not being happy to like who was it personally for you there was a couple of teachers yeah. it was mostly the universe okay it was mostly okay, okay I, I learned a lot by myself through trial and error through through, through introspection did, did somebody suggest meditation yes or, but so I had it always been something you'd kind of wondered about no you definitely hit on something there so um I had gotten maybe this was 2004 time period, mm-hmm. and I was getting really sick, and so the the Western medicine paradigm had somewhat failed me at that at that junction in in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been to all these specialists, I'd been to numerous doctors, I'd gotten diagnosed with Ehlers Danlos syndrome, and I'd gotten diagnosed with fibromyalgia, and all they what were, were the symptoms you were going in there with. Oh gosh, so. Um, Massive migraine headaches, uh-huh. okay, Could debilitating, debilitating. Some days I would lay in bed all day and cry. I had aches and pains all over my body. I mean, like every plane of my body, there was something hurting. Back pain, neck pain, foot pain, knee pain, shoulder pain. I mean, I had pains everywhere. I had migraines. I was having focus issues. Um, you mm. name it. Mm. You name it. Okay, so... Doctor after doctor, well, let me put you on an antidepressant, and let me put you on this. So, you, you know, you, you listen to the doctors because you're trained that they're the experts in health. Mm-hmm. And the Can you tr- share what kind of things you were trying to make it feel better? Or was it, or were they actually addressing the cause, or were they just addressing the symptoms? They were addressing the symptoms. So they were giving me, like, okay. Cymbalta for depression and, and headaches, and they were giving okay. me pain medications and, yeah. you know, to help with the aches and pains. But these really... They weren't helping. They were not. I was not getting better. In fact, I was just not feeling like myself, and I had to make a decision. And I finally started going to kind of alternative type places. I went to a sports medicine person who does like manipulation and more physical therapy. And then, then I went to someone had suggested that I try Alexander Technique training. And so I went to an, a local Alexander Technique trainer, and that's where my spiritual journey began. Okay, because she she was teaching me, you know, Alexander technique, but she was also doing some energy work, and I didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm. But she put her hands, the first session I was there, um, she put her hands, at the end of the session, I laid on her table and she put her hands on me. Now I can recognize that she was doing either Reiki or healing touch or, or an energetic modality. At the time, I didn't know what she was doing, okay? Mm-hmm. But when she put her hands on me, I felt energy just flowing through me. Yeah. And I was like I was like, Joy, what is that? And she was always very cryptic. She was kind of an interesting teacher. She goes, What is what? <laughs> and I'm like, What do I feel coming out of your hands? <laughs> <laughs> and and so so she uh you know, she says, Oh, that's just energy and then just nonchalantly just moves on and keeps on going about her business. And I went to her for about a year, and, and she introduced me to med- meditating. She, she gave me a book on meditation to read, and she suggested I start meditating, so I did. Okay. And then I asked her kind of what her spiritual path was, because she, was, uh, um, she had a religious path. She was a, she was a Jewish person by, by birth, and, and she'd grown up in that faith. Mm-hmm. She was also practicing, I believe, Tibetan Buddhism. Hmm. Okay? And so um, I was like... Wanting to kind of mimic her at first, I was like, I, I said, well, I'll go find a Tibetan Buddhist, you know. And so I was started meditating, and then she also got me into um, Qigong, 
a system of qigong that's called john jang which means standing like a tree and so you hold static poses and you take your awareness through and it manages your internal energy so i was doing those two practices mm -hmm. then i found a tibetan buddhist local practice to try it wasn't for me but i tried it for a while mm -hmm. and then i went and tried a shamanic path and that wasn't for me but Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. What, what, when, I want to go through a couple of these things. Yeah. If they weren't for you, um, tell me why. And I know you would not want to take anything away from No, anything. exactly. However, so, so, you know, you... Like Tibetan Buddhism, with me, you mentioned that. I went to, um, I went to this, like, VMFA museum. Mm -hmm. I did, uh, I went to the exhibit. They brought in a bunch of art from... It was supposed to be from Tibetan Buddhism from, I want to say, 1600 to 19, to 1850 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and all of this art, I mean, it was so much of it, it seemed like it was really talking about a lot of the tenets or a lot of the like philosophies that people have, that students of Tibetan Buddhism would study. Mm -hmm. And it really seemed like there was the goal of just like removing the ego out of your skull yes I mean like a terrifying looking statue was actually a gentle message about you will be able to prepare you know when the bad basically the bad de demon thoughts try to ruin your mind you will be able to combat those and that's why this little monster thing looks scary it's yes. not scary at all it's to make you a gentle person who exists without that self-motivated uh, ego. Yes. Right? Yeah. It seems like a really good thing. Yeah, it do, is. It is. Um, All the spiritual paths are yeah, wonderful. You but know? The, uh, the, uh, the history of, and like learning like which uh, you know, person, which deity, yeah. the myth was really significant for this or that. I don't know. I don't know if that resonated with me. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. What it, what it did was made, it, it highlighted that pursuit of, yes, I I let myself down when my ego takes over all the time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I get that. Yeah. Um, okay. So, that, so you know, each each practice I went to, I went for a few months. Mm -hmm. I was like, because I want to give it a real chance. You mm -hmm. know, you can't go to something once or twice and, and know if you're going to connect to the energy and the people. Okay. You know, so I, I gave each path kind of several months. Um, and, and I think ultimately I realized that my path was service hmm. okay my path was service and I wasn't seeing that I wasn't seeing so much service I wasn't seeing avenues for service in these I other see. paths okay so it just it wasn't that there was anything wrong with Tibetan Buddhism or shamanism or tantric yoga mm -hmm. um, or Zen Buddhism or any of the other spiritual groups that I went to mm -hmm. Okay, um, there was nothing wrong with any of them. I was looking for myself, okay, and I was okay. I was looking for my path, and my path just kind of found me as a spiritual healer and teacher and in a path of service. Mm -hmm. But I, I did take something yeah. out of every one of those practices, and so it's every group I went to, it was not for naught. It was not it was not wasted time at all, um, and there were some wonderful people in every group but I think I think also when I was looking for myself um, until you find yourself it's hard to fit in you know if you're if you're not accepting your I was going through a period of massive change 
inside, outside. My whole life was changing. I was changing my diet to vegetarian, plant-based whole foods. I was starting to meditate. I was starting to do yoga and qigong. My, my whole friend groups were changing. How I spent my time was changing. I was starting to go out and hike and get, in, get out in nature as much as I could. And, and my whole life was kind of changing. And I hadn't quite figured out who I was yet. And when you don't know who you are, it's hard to fit in anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I can give you a story. I have one of my, one of my siblings is homosexual. Mm-hmm. And he's the most wonderful man. And I love him to death. But he never felt like he fit in in our family. Mm-hmm. Because he had this big secret that he was, he was living a lie. But he feels like he fits in now because now he's grown up and yeah. he's come out and he's created this great life with his is. partner. He's figured out who he is and now he realizes, yeah, I fit in with my family. I just, I hadn't accepted myself. And so I think, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people will go, I think I'm very typical in that, you know, when you're searching for yourself, you'll try this, you'll try that, you'll try this, you know, until you find maybe something that clicks or, or, or until it just unfolds. And mine was more of an unfolding, mm-hmm. you know. But you took an active role for sure. Absolutely. You I mean, were, you absolutely. Were, you were scheduling things and showing up to, to things and sticking with them. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to give every path a chance, uh-huh. you know, um, because I became very passionate about spirituality, you know, because right. I, I was very passionate about Christianity. Um, mm-hmm. I was even teaching in my church. I was teaching the RCIA program, which is the Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults. So adults that would come into the Catholic Church, um, I was part of a team that would teach them for a year, and then after that they would be members of our of our spiritual community. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now I jettisoned that when when I as I went on this path, mm-hmm. and I went on this search for myself. I ended up walking away from Christianity, but I still love all of the teachings of Jesus. Okay, and I actually still call Jesus into my life. Mm-hmm. Okay, I call on his light. There is so much wisdom. He is probably, in my opinion, perhaps the most amazing spiritual teacher ever. Okay, I don't know them all, so I can't yeah. say that definitively. But but he is an amazing light. I've always thought that. I've thought that it's uh, he boils things. He boils spiritual, uh, you know, forgiveness and love down to arithmetic. Yeah. Arithmetic, like he made right. it simple. All right, so this will happen. Like one of my favorite things that shows, like the math on it is just um, let's uh, throw rocks. Everybody's gonna throw rocks at this person who deserves to be stoned. Yep. Right. In the in the Bible, what's that? Well, who's the person that needed to be stoned by a big mop? Like there's a a woman accused of something. Oh yeah, I think it was adultery or something. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, I, I always imagine that Jesus is around this crowd of people and they want to do this thing. And he kind of says, okay, we can. But he, then he breaks down the math and he says, we need the first stone to be thrown. Who's going to throw that one? Yeah. That person who hasn't done anything wrong. Yeah. Let he who so is without sin person, cast the first let, stone. So, let, so they made in front of everybody a big line of people put a spotlight on Whoever is about to throw this, step forward right now and tell everybody else that you've never done anything wrong. Exactly. Right? And so, whew, he, His guess, lessons were so clear. Like one plus one equals two, you know? And then, and then you realize, oh yeah, maybe I do need to look internally. Yes. And so and I look at a lot of his teachings. Like, I love his teachings. Yeah. Okay? So I don't call myself Christian anymore. 
uh, because to me, organized religion separates, okay? And it divides instead of unifies, where spirituality says we're all connected. Fundamentally, it's okay. just divide. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. there's also a lot of religion is... Um, is guilt-based and fear-based and judgment-based, okay? I felt judged. They spend time doing that. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, they really spend time and with people shooting emotions. Bible bullets at you. These, these beautiful scripture verses that are supposed to edify and teach, mm-hmm. and people are using them to inflict pain on you, okay? So there's a lot of parts of religion um, that I, I reject. I don't reject all religion, though. I, I think that all religion can be good, okay? If I don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, okay? Christianity, for example. Man... When, when we had those storms, in, like Katrina hit, okay, the Christians were some of the first people down there rebuilding that city, okay? Mm. They understand service, and that was part of Jesus' message that really resonates with me. Service. Service, okay? Yeah. That's my path. And, you know, the other, you know, Jesus taught love. Love yeah. your neighbor as yourself. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. He summarized all ten commandments in those two commandments. And so that love resonates love everything and everyone resonates strongly with me when he said you know let when he said what you do to the least of my people you do unto me mm-hmm. to me he's saying we're all connected yeah, what is that okay mean? what you do to the least of my people yeah that's, that means that's pretty deep yeah so like you know maybe the beggar on the street mm-hmm. or or some person that you're casting away uh, some poor person that you're judging mm-hmm. and throwing out you know, um, back in his day, lepers, okay? Lepers, you couldn't even touch them. It was against the law to touch them. Could you imagine going through a whole life without ever being touched by another human being? Oh, my God. Okay? So what you, yeah, do, to the, what you do to the least of my people, you do unto me. Okay? Because these people, his followers loved him. All right? But, and they treated him like, like the king he was. But then if they walked down the street and they, and they were terrible to their neighbor or they were terrible to the poor person or the beggar or the person that owed them money or the tax collector. So it's like Jesus knew that we were all connected, Mm. you know? And so that's what that says to me is that when he says that to his followers, that means we're all one. And that resonates strongly with me, you know? And and so there's, there's so many of his, when Jesus says that um, the kingdom of heaven is within, not out there it's not up in the sky okay no it's your soul it's that place in you where that divine spark lies okay that's heaven and so his teachings are amazing all right but that's not mainstream christianity i'm not talking mainstream christianity i reject christianity and everything that's been done to his message okay but i look at his message as just beautiful wisdom Mm-hmm. And I call on it frequently. <laughs> I find that I find that folks, and um, whether it's an author or a podcaster or just people I talk to, I find that if they consider mindfulness, they come around to that same thing with this absolute like adoration or like um, they respect and love those messages of Jesus Christ so much, oh, and they yeah. almost think like. Stop misunderstanding and promoting this this other like worship. Exactly of, of these uh, scriptures or something. Yeah, of this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was saying it's within you. Yes, I mean, and the message of the Buddha was not much different. Okay, that's okay. what people yeah, don't. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. what people don't seem to get. Yeah. Okay. All right. Jesus said, 
die to yourself, mm-hmm. okay, and your sinful nature. And Buddha said, destroy the ego. Not so much different, right? Yeah. Jesus says, rise with my light. And the Buddha says, the Buddha says, become enlightened. Okay? Not yeah. so different. Yeah. And then Jesus said, go lead a life of selfless service. And the Buddha says, do as many altruistic deeds as you can. Mm-hmm. Those sound pretty similar to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> service like so what do you know about like going back to i want to say six or seven thousand years ago or something um the vedas what is the vedas you know i am not well versed in it. i know that's an ancient hindu scripture okay okay an ancient hindu scripture i have not read them okay and so i'm not i'm not really educated in those yeah but i bet there's i bet there's wisdom I, in there yeah i bet you would you would uh see some dots that are connecting uh, about the pure energy that that connects us and goes through us, yeah, yeah, that I it's so. internal, yeah, yeah. So I probably got off topic there, yeah. you know. But I, I can tell you that. So you would ask me about what medita- was our topic? Our topic was meditation yeah. before, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, so um, meditation has probably been one of the most transformative spiritual practices that I've done. Okay. Um, and I started it just at the suggestion of my Alexander technique teacher. She said it would help me to feel better. Okay. Yeah. And so I was basically starting meditating for its clinical benefits. All right. And it's so, I mean, and it is, there's, there's study after study after study after study on the clinical benefits of meditation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but how was that first time you did it? How was that first time? Like it was really hard. It was it's uh, still really five hard. minutes was all I could do. I could meditate for five minutes and I started at five and then I, cause my teacher had asked me to do 20 minutes a day. Yeah. And so, and so I, is that a, a body scan that you're doing like a guided meditation or was it that you read it, you read how to do it? She taught me it. and then okay. I read how to do it. It was a Buddhist meditation. So the first meditation I ever tried was following my breath. So the anchor, usually in meditation, you'll be anchored in something. Okay. Whether it's a mantra or it's music or it's your breath, um, you'll, be, you'll be anchored in something. Okay. And um, so the Buddhists teach that you get, you, you get anchored in your breath. So you follow your breath into your nose and down to your stomach while you kind of deep belly breathe, and then you follow it back out. And you just keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And then as you have a thought, like, oh, i got to do the laundry, you, you don't judge yourself, and you don't tense up, because that's the opposite of what you mm-hmm. want out of meditation. You observe the thought. Mm-hmm. You let it go. I don't need to do that. I don't need that thought right now. Let me come back to my breath. And you just, so I did that. I can only do it for five minutes. And I got up to pretty quickly. Because you're like punching these, you're you're trying to identify so much these thoughts, right? Yeah, they just wouldn't, I had monkey mind, like crazy monkey mind. Yeah. And I was getting, I was like, after five minutes, the thoughts, I just couldn't get them, they would just start picking up and I I would start, judging myself and oh, I'm not doing it right and then I start getting frustrated yeah and that's this the opposite isn't work. there's something I have to do yeah right yeah. I mean almost every morning I'm doing that like uh, alright here here goes here's my meditation but I just today though I gotta just do this one thing first yeah so, and sometimes it's more than one thing and sometimes it's like oh my gosh 
I got to apply for 10 jobs instead of meditate today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I, I work myself up to 20 minutes a day, twice a day. Okay. Now I just do 20 minutes once a day. Yeah. Um, I've been doing, but that was, I started in 2004. Yeah. And then I tried all these different types of meditation and they all have benefits and they all, some are more appealing than others. Um, and so, um, but I would say I've become more logical. I've become less angry. I've become more calm. Mm -hmm. I've become more patient. Mm -hmm. Um, like I have just so many good benefits of meditation. It's been, it's been one of the most amazing practices that I've implemented um, in my spiritual journey, and it's probably the one consi- like I've it, I've done it from day one, and I've done it every day since. Every day, yeah, every day since two thousand four, I have meditated. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. I'm struggling to see like what what was going on before, like oh. with all the sickness. Did you have yeah. a different line of work? Like, how long have you had the same kind of? You know, oh, I was in the same line of work, except I own my own company. Okay, so uh-huh. for my dark night of the soul or my spiritual crisis, I had, yeah. to, I had to sell my company because the economy had crashed, and I had to give my company up. I wasn't making any money. I was getting divorced, and then eventually lost custody of my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, all in a short period of time, you know. And it was a massive wake up call. You know, it was you a, have a smile on your face. Yeah, I do. <laughs> even, even talking about this, and I think that's why I'm like, dude, that that must have been so low. It must have been so dark. It was. And you're smiling about it, and I think that's what not only what I want, but I think that anybody who listens to our conversation might be. That's why I pointed it out. Hopefully. You can get, and I, me, Ethan, can get to the place where I'm talking about stuff with a smile on my face. Yes. And like, and I, and I'm, I can talk about it all day. Oh, absolutely. And that's where... right now there's a tinge of, um, I'm, I actively try to quiet down my, my railing and bitching about stuff internally. It's important. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. Because you're creating with every one of those thoughts. I know it. You know, and I so know and so it. once you quiet your mind, yeah. once you quiet your mind, then you can consciously create. Okay, I can choose what I want to send out to the universe. I can choose what I want to think about. Okay? And so once you get to that point, then you realize that all these negative rants mm-hmm. that you have going on in your head, they're mm-hmm. like little monsters. Oh. Okay? They're like these negative entities. These little monsters yeah. that sit on your shoulder and you just feed them. And that's with, kind of where they And they get bigger and they get bigger and they get bigger. Yeah. And, and all they serve to do is destroy your joy. Take away your joy of life. Okay? They are not serving any other purpose than that. And so you have to stop feeding the monsters. Okay? And you got to feed what you want to cultivate. You have to, you have to put out that energy that you really want to come back to you. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And... So the first step is just quieting the mind, okay? The first step is, even if you're not, you know, starting to really think about the things that you want and creating a clear vision, okay, the first step is stop creating this chaotic life with these chaotic thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to circle that one. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, no, 
I'm serious. Uh, that might be a first step, is to make sure you are, would you say, quieting? Quieting the mind. Making efforts to quiet this and, and say it's okay if you're not sure exactly what to do next. Yes. Okay. Yes, because, because you know, what next? Okay. Yeah. We'll go back to, we'll go back to why you're here. Okay, your soul, in my worldview, came to experience things, and and you're going to experience them, whether you turn right or left. Okay, if you take this job and turn right, maybe yeah. maybe that lesson comes from Ed Ratchford. Okay, mm-hmm. if you turn left, maybe it comes from Bill Smith. All right, but what you came to experience is going to come to you. And the lessons are just going to keep on coming. Life is a continuous journey of learning and growing. And so that's where I, I try to get people out of that, that. That fear can be paralysis. It can be paralyzing. We can have analysis, paralysis. Fear can shut us down. And I try to break people out of that mindset and say, hey, man, just go do something. You know, I tried all these different paths. And none of them ended up being my path, but they all got me to where I wanted to go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, wow. I learned yeah. all the things I needed to learn with tantric yoga and Tibetan Buddhism and shamanism and all these different paths. Yeah. Okay, which I didn't end up sticking to any of them. All right, but they all taught me the things I needed at the time. Yeah, you know, and I was so scared because I come out of this strong Catholic background. And I'm like, man, am I going to go to hell for this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had to break that. I had yeah. to let go of that. You know that I didn't. I didn't have any idea that somebody in uh, could think about even meditation as being a far out there type of um, thing. There's there's some Southern like Baptists that I I don't like saying that that's what that person is. There's some people yeah who come up Southern Baptist, and when they tried to like they said to me, I'll I'll try this meditation out, but you know my husband probably won't like it and I have to and I just have to tell him that it's not the devil it's not yeah. it's not at all but that was like something I heard within the last three years absolutely just about meditation maybe it's because you physically what they think is a prayer type pose yeah that is done as like a what they think of as this you worship Jesus yeah with that similar type of pose or that solemn, like, you know, ness. Yeah. Um, and maybe they think of it as, as that, like, oh, that person's praying, but they're not praying to Jesus. What are they praying to? Yeah, so I've encountered that. Yeah. You know, and, and so... It shocked me. You learn how to speak. First of all, I've, I've learned how to speak in their vernacular because you always want to know what you have in common with somebody. Yeah. And so you could call it centering prayer, okay? And you could kind of make a centering, a, a meditation out of a centering prayer. Okay, yeah. but I also tell them that I consider meditation to be the other side of the coin, the same coin of prayer. Okay, so prayer is speaking to God. Meditation is listening to God. Okay, and you can't have a complete relationship with the divine without doing both. And so when I put it that way, hmm. boy, they they're a lot more accepting. Yeah. You know, oh, that's demonic stuff. No, it's it's not demonic. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's listening to God. It's going within. <clears throat> it's trying to connect to that kingdom of heaven within that Jesus spoke of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, sure. you learn to speak. You learn to speak in people because people are afraid 
And it's natural to be afraid of anything different, anything that you don't understand, okay? Sure. It's natural. If we don't understand another culture, we fear that culture. If we don't understand this person, we fear that person. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's almost like because it's this, it's wired into us, I think, you know? And yeah. So, you know, and so it's, it's, it's getting that understanding. The more into, cultures, man, the more cultures that go inside, that yeah. have individuals within that culture that do go in here, that's... Look, I'm not I'm not like at the easiest time of life. I um, I'm going through like a job search. I can't I can't pay my for what I need to pay. Right. At this time in my life. And that's a uh, that's like it is what it is, all right? I'm so I'm physically smiling even yes. because even though I'm not inside smiling, yeah. I, I want to have that smile you're talking about it with. Um, I'm going through that some difficulties right now but when I started um, my podcast about two years ago um, I had this feeling that there was a, a wave where this mindfulness revolution of people going inside within different cultures and sharing so much that like what you're doing is bridging across a culture with this thing that encourages them to take this ownership and this light this inner light yes regardless of the details that their religion, uh, nationality, uh, social class, blah, 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 has them divided right now. Exactly. And so I was like, this could be the renaissance. It really can. Oh, yeah. Yeah? I believe it. I, I mean, I'm seeing this could I be, think we're this seeing This could be it. like hundreds of years, like fix stuff because of this thing making people realize that that fear can go away when they go inside and I'm yeah so can you feel the energy that I started that with like yeah. that's why I was so stoked about it yeah and now two years later ha having like made choices I've made gone places I've played gone places I've gone I'm like back here at this like how can I be happy Ed <laughs> <laughs> I was like so excited to share because I was on my way to being like so freaking happy yeah, I'm identifying things, man. I'm 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 still trying to identify things. And, well, um, one thing I've, I've come by earlier was that it was real. I think it was really easy to be happy despite a situation. Like there's an enemy that's not me, and in my case, it was my divorce. Yeah, and I was like, meditation is going to free me from my divorce, and meditation is going to and. Um, um, tai Chi is going to free me from you know, these, these bad feelings I have about my divorce because my divorce happened so now I'm better than my divorce because I do Tai Chi <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm the yep, superior person yep, yep. I've seen that I've, yeah. seen, I've seen that a lot, and from a lot of spiritual people and so that's what I've been guiding like, in my quest saying like, you guys I think that we're all going to be okay and that I'm going to be okay and we're, we're all going to be enlightened and now I'm going to document how I how I do that because it's working. Yes. For me. Yes. <laughs> now I'm in a place that's not working right now, man. Well, I'm, I'll tell you, yeah. it is working, and, and so you're, you're 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 fighting it, but it, it is it. it is working. Okay, yeah. it is working, and it will continue to work. But but there are some steps of your journey are harder than others. Yeah. You know, and um, but if you continue on this path that you're on. It is an amazing path. Not 
I mean, you might have numerous dark nights of the soul. It's it, you know, there it's not like all of a sudden a light just switches on and and your whole life gets great. Okay, it took me years after my divorce mm-hmm. to get happy. And I mean, like you and I talked on the phone, when you rip your soul apart from another person, that's the most probably brutal thing you can do. Okay, it's one of the hardest. It's worse than death in terms of the amount of grief that's caused. Yeah, we talked about that. And so it's like. Um, Putting that life, that year after my, my first year after my divorce was the worst year of my life. Mm-hmm. And it took me three years after my divorce to even really kind of have an semblance of a happy life. Okay. And now I'm did nine years. Did you ever years. vilify it? And, and like, and, and did that ever keep you from. Like, kept me from growing. Because I didn't keep own you from it. Keep growing. I, I didn't, again, I didn't own it. I was, oh, this divorce, oh, my ex wife. You know, when I, owned, when I owned it and said, I want something different, what can I do different? to get a different result. Mm-hmm. And when, when I started thinking like that, and I started thinking, what is the universe trying to teach me here, rather than fighting it, that's when things really shifted. One of the shifts. There were several shifts, okay? Mm-hmm. But that was a really big shift, okay? Because that's a, that's a shift, and that's a quantum leap in thinking. I'm a victim of this divorce, and I'm a victim of my life, or, hey, I'm the creator of this, and I, my soul came to learn this. Mm-hmm. And what do I have to learn here? You know? And so mindfulness is a great tool. It's one of many, many tools I have in my tool bag that I help people with. You know, when someone comes and sits on my couch or they lay on my table, and I, I always bring out meditation, mindfulness as something that we can talk about if they want to. If they don't want to, then it's not necessarily for everyone. Okay? Mm-hmm. But I think it's a great tool. Yeah. And I do think that we are experiencing this massive shift that you're talking about. Yeah. And I think you're on the, I totally think you're on the right path. Mm-hmm. And we're even starting to teach this in schools now. And, and so if and we could make it mandatory in every school, yeah. we would change in one generation, we would fundamentally change the world. Fundamentally. Okay. And I've seen it. I've read the studies. I've seen them. I don't know if you've read some of the studies on mindfulness being applied in school systems. But it's amazing, the results. When you hear like uh, a fourth grader talking about why, what part of their brain might have made them feel away and how they overcame it because they were able to... You mean like that kind no, of thing? No, no. I'm talking so, about... So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, quote a specific study that was done in California mm-hmm. over a five-year period. It was called... And they called it quiet time. They didn't call it meditation because... Great. A lot of the Christians demonize meditation. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's that called when uh, something can be divisive just from its terminology? So they chose it really. Yes, yeah, so they chose a they chose a different name yeah. that was more appealing Acceptable. to all. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. And so um, they called it quiet time. They actually taught the students transcendental meditation, which was popular in like the seventies, the sixties, and seventies. Um, and still, which phrase. is the same thing you do for twenty minutes every day? No, it's different. Um, okay. it, it is a mantra meditation. So you repeat one phrase over and over in your head again. Okay, hmm. but so they taught it to these. They picked four schools that were really in bad areas in California, hmm. and and these were troubled students. All right, and over four years uh, or five years, they. 15 minutes in the morning when you got to school, 15 minutes in, in the afternoon before you left. They made the students meditate. And every year, they saw an increase in test scores. And every year, they saw a decrease in acts of violence. 
and in every year they saw a decrease in suspensions and every year they saw an an increase in attendance or a decrease in time missed yeah okay and then they also saw they were having less turnover with their teachers and their teachers were reporting feeling better and less less anger and and liking their jobs more mm-hmm. and so if we could apply that okay you look at that in the most troubled schools in California yeah if we could apply that to every school mm-hmm. in the United States i think it would just take one generation and we would fundamentally change the world yeah we'd be able to clean some things up and it's happening. I mean, I'm seeing it. I tried to take it to the police department here, meditation. Oh, is that right? And they weren't ready for me. Or I, I wasn't ready. Maybe I wasn't ready for them. <laughs> you know, <How> but, <laughs> I was Come at the gym. Yeah. I was at the gym, and, and, and there was one of the sergeants that I used to work out next to. And I'd see him and his wife, and I'd talk to him. And I'd say, hey, you know, I love meditation. I'd love to try to take bring it to you guys. You guys have such stressful jobs. It could yeah. really help your officers deal with stressful situations better, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And so he gave me the name inside uh, his his department, That's who to call, and I called and, and didn't get a call back and called and didn't get a call back. And after the third call, I'm like, I just don't think it's meant to happen right now, yeah. you know? But it, 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 I am seeing it reported Yeah. Um, online now. I'm seeing police police stations. I, I, I saw a picture online the other day where a bunch of police officers first thing in the morning were all sitting at their, in, their, in their station meditating. Post that to your Facebook. I need. To, I should have. Okay. I should. And I will. I yeah. will. I'll go find it. So, but yeah. So that is, you know, if we could teach it there, um, and we could, and, and it's being taught now at like the the VA hospital system for the yeah. for the veterans. Mm-hmm. Mindfulness is is working with PTSD. Mindfulness is is. I mean, these people. Just imagine, you go to war and you come back. All right, and you had to kill somebody, or you saw your best friends die, or all that you could have died every single minute that you were there, mm-hmm. and you come back and you're not you anymore. Okay, Mm-mm. all right. Imagine how that would break could break a soul. Okay, I, I know I could never kill another living being, and to think that someone's out there and we're training them how to kill and how to go to war, or you know, or seeing your best friend's arm get blown off, or having your leg blown off, or you know, I mean, these are. These people are coming back broken, and the medications aren't working, mm-hmm. all right? And even, you know, while therapy is good, that's not complete, okay? Uh, and so at the VA, they're teaching mindfulness and meditation. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we're seeing it. I'm seeing it everywhere. I'm seeing it come into the school systems, police you stations, have like VA. A, you have like a one-hour session you'd be able to do if you were asked to uh, go into like this company or that jail or blah, blah, blah. Would you be able to put together like a... Yeah, you know, Ed's gonna be here at eleven o'clock, and then it'll be done at twelve, and then we're all gonna get his lesson. Oh, you absolutely! Yeah. I could do that. Nice. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So that's um, kind of what your sessions at home are, right? Yeah, I mean, so I I showed I sh- first of all we'll talk mm-hmm. and we'll find out kind of what's moving, and then I'll, I'll 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 mention okay, well here's the things that I can offer you. Meditation is always one of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, gratitude journals is another. Um, the power of positive thinking. Um, also, I talked to them about nature, exercise, changing your diet. Mm-hmm. There's there's a whole slew of tools, mm-hmm. you know, connecting you do, to your you, inner you, child. You talk about your experience with each one of these yes. tools. Yes, I, okay. I, I talk. I talk. I tell them how that it changed my life. Yeah. And a big one um, for a lot of people, especially when when people are really in the throes of of a life change. And they haven't gotten to the other side where where life gets good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is inner child work. Okay, connecting to your inner child. Hmm. And so that's talking to people about, um, think back to your, when you were a kid. Okay. What did you do to have fun? Did you play Frisbee? Did you play sports? Did you ride your bike? Did you walk in the woods? Did you color? Did you play video games? What, what, what brought you joy yeah. as a kid? Hmm. And I tell people... Does anybody have trouble finding uh, some, an answer? Yes. Yeah, some, some people that are really depressed yeah. okay, can't even think of one thing that brings them joy. Yeah. You know, um, when it did it specifically yeah, back there, yeah, when they were unadulterated yes. and they had all the whole world, world's options to yep. them, what did they do that was motivated by their own joy? Yes. Okay. And so, but connecting people to that energy again, okay? Yeah. And telling people, okay, so you liked to play Frisbee as a kid. Well, you know, go to a meetup and find a, fr there's Frisbee golf here. There's ultimate Frisbee. Go find a meetup and go do that. You like to play kickball? There's adult kickball leagues. You rode your bike in the woods? Well, there's all kinds of bike groups here. Yeah. You you walked in the woods and the paths in the woods? Well, there's a, I lead a hiking group. I'm a member of a couple of them. Maybe you want to come on a hike with me. Maybe you want to go find another group. But it's about trying to connect them to because the inner child always leads us home. Okay? okay? It always takes us to that heart. Joy, connecting to your joy. Life is supposed to be joyous. And that joy is part of what lives in our heart, where our soul is. And so getting when people get depressed or even mild, mildly depressed, you kind of forget how to enjoy life. I know I did. Uh, I just watched a lot of television and, and yeah. surfed on the Internet a lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I got I, – I had to break all those patterns. Now I don't even have cable, okay? Mm -hmm. Now – you know, I'll go on a hike if I got a number of hours of free time, or I'll have a session with a patient, with a student. You know, I almost call. I sometimes want to call them patients, but they're really not because mm -hmm. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, I was okay? asking like, yeah. I was like, what are they students? Are they? Yeah, so I, I really call uh, them students. Mentees. I'm uh, trying to teach them. Yeah. I'm basically I'm trying to give them tools. Yeah. To discover themselves and to move them on in their journeys, and to help them break the destructive patterns that they formed. And form more life-affirming patterns. So a lot of people will come to me when they're stuck. Mm -hmm. They they don't know how to get out of the situation that they're in, mm -hmm. and um, and they just keep trying. It's like they're on a hamster wheel, you know. <laughs> and you'll know it when someone comes to you and talk because they'll 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 have the same complaints over and over. My ex-wife did this, and my ex-wife did that, or my wife did this, or my girlfriend did that, or my son did this, and. And every time they're on my couch, it's all about those other people doing the same things. You know, yeah. and I'm, I'm like, you're stuck. I was like, you are so stuck in this pattern. Let me ask you something. Is this pattern helping you? Yeah. You know, yeah. it doesn't look like this pattern's helping you. Maybe you need to approach it from a different perspective. Maybe to look at it from a different angle. What is your son trying to teach you? What is your ex? What is the world trying to teach you? What is the universe trying to teach you through your ex-wife? Okay. What if you looked at it that way? You know, no, but that lesson again, that's the really hard lesson. <laughs> yeah. That's the hard one. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. where I lose half my students. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh. man, it must have been awesome to, uh, man, we should make some tea. Can we pause and make Absolutely. some tea? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to pause. We're going to make. 
And then we got some tea, and then we talked a little more. Actually, the tail end of that conversation uh, was on an earlier episode. For some reason, it just it seemed like they were two like kind of self self sustained little bits of content there. Um, also, that would that would have been, I guess, in episode thirty four. And another previous one, there was a phone call between me and Ed. But isn't that awesome? I mean, real real stuff, no matter what. I mean, it, it's the type of realm of things that some people would just group into a big category of, of uh, let's see, what are, what are the terms? Holistic? Maybe that's one of the better approaches. Um, whole, and, uh, mind-body approach is good, because mind-body and mind, body, spirit, they're being connected. That's a good one. Some people just stay hands off and be like, oh, that's a bunch of woo-woo stuff. But it's one of those people that experienced the best offerings of what they could do with um, what's called, I guess, Western medicine and, you know, the formal type of health care that's available in most doctors' offices and hospitals. And that didn't help enough and then this journey of self-empowerment through training from seeking it out. It does not come to you. You've got to seek it out. And that's one of the reasons that I am uh, happy and created the Joyful Podcast is to introduce you to the idea of some of these things, shed more detailed light on some of these things, and um, just remind you of the concept that there are things to seek out that... Um, introducing that accountability and that stripping away of any um, repression you might have and not admitting or accepting things. Um, meditation is a, a form of or a, a tool for starting to do that more and more so that you can really be in touch with what you need to seek out. What do I need to seek out? How can I empower myself? to seek that out so man thanks for listening to that episode email ed at let your light shine today at gmail.com follow along the joyful podcast at ethan share it on facebook or instagram at ethan share it official i keep on saying that there's a joyful podcast on instagram there is but it only has one pathetic picture still because i haven't like kind of decked that thing out with more photos and the whole journey and all that. But uh, God bless and namaste.